Welcome back to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. We couldn't do these without the incredible support of our sponsors, and we want to take a moment to say thank you. First, thanks to our diamond sponsor, Varsity Brands, including BSN, Varsity Spirit, and Herf Jones. Varsity Brands, elevating student experiences in sport, spirit, and achievement. We also want to say thank you to our platinum sponsors, including Camp Mobile, where leaders communicate better. Hometown ticketing, simple and easy online ticketing. Vital signs, bring student achievements to life. Gipper, sports graphics made incredibly simple. Ephesus Lighting, innovating a brighter future at every level. And Gilman Gear always a step ahead. Thanks to all of our great sponsors. Welcome back everyone to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. Our guest today is a good friend, Greg Warren. Greg is a certified master athletic administrator and he's the director of health, PE and athletics at the New Paltz School District in New Paltz, New York. Greg, welcome to the program. Thanks a lot. Happy to be here. Uh, it's always good to visit with you. And uh, uh, again, it's, it's interesting to hear the different responses uh, around the country. But uh, we're going to go ahead and jump right into things. Uh, we always like to let our listeners have a chance to get to know our guests. So tell us a little bit about yourself, where you grew up, uh, where you went to school and college, and uh, you know maybe how your love of sports led to a career in athletics. All right. So I'm from New York State. I grew up in Bainbridge, New York, which is north of Binghamton, New York, if that means anything to you. And um, <clears throat> I went to high school there, played sports. I played baseball, basketball, golf, um, I even bowled one year. Uh, so I, I mixed it up. But uh, yeah, I went there. From there, I went to college. Um, I was highly interested in, in basketball coming out of school. I went to, I chose to go to Herkimer Community College, which was a very strong national program and went there for my first two years and transferred to State University of New York at Brockport, which is a, uh, a leader in phys ed. So it was a great opportunity to go to school there. And uh, when I, I graduated from Rockport, uh, got my first job as a phys ed teacher in Baltimore City Public Schools in Baltimore, Maryland. And that's where I, I started cutting my teeth, so to speak, professionally. You know, it's always fun to hear the, uh, the paths that everyone takes. And again, you mentioned Herkimer, our longtime strength coach. He just moved on, but uh, he was from Herkimer. Uh, uh, so um, who knows, you, you guys may have crossed paths one day. Uh, talk about that transition from teaching and coaching into uh, your first job as an AD. Okay. So yeah, I, I started out at a, at a high school level, uh, Forest Park High School in Baltimore City, uh, again, as a phys ed teacher. I got hired. Um, one of the things that, that helped me to get hired, I should say, was that um, 
I agreed to be the, the varsity swim coach. And, you know, back then you, you, you did those things you want, you know, you didn't, you wanted a job. That's what you did. And I took Absolutely. it. I gave you some of my background. I was a certified uh, lifeguard in WSI, but I was never on a swim team. So I did a lot of uh, studying up my first year there and uh, it was tough. Uh, they had a swimming pool. It wasn't a popular thing and they, they weren't able to get it off the ground. I wasn't uh, totally successful myself. I was able to get the team going and um, a lot of uh, recruiting and, and you know, making deals and getting students to come out for it. So, but uh, we did good. Uh, my first uh, athletic director, Obi Barnes, who's a, a good friend and good mentor, he always jokes with me and says that I have the all-time highest winning percentage at Forest Park High School because we lasted one meet and one, and then everybody's like, ah, I've had enough of this swimming. I don't, don't want to do it anymore. But uh, from there, I eventually got um, a couple years Later, well, a year later, I did JV basketball. Um, I was coaching girls varsity volleyball, girls varsity uh, softball, and I got a shot at JV boys basketball. Uh, a year later, I was I got a shot to be the varsity coach, and we shocked the uh, world, so to speak, and won a state championship that year. Oh gosh! So we it, it was it was thrilling. It was uh kind of Hoosier-esque because we were the smallest high school in Baltimore City. So we were playing against, we didn't play one school our own size the whole year. And we were playing like, um, you know, it was a, a four class situation there. And uh, we were 1A where 4A was the highest. And we were playing 4A, 3A schools all year and until we got to uh, tournament time. We got to play people our own own class. So that, that was a, a great um great intro into the coaching and um, I continue to to coach and teach in in Baltimore City um, and I mentioned Obi Barnes he was my first athletic director and he was always telling me you're going to be a and that they're going to make you be an AD someday you're going to be an AD someday and I was now I, I, I like coaching I'm going to keep winning championships and that this is it for me well here I am today. He was he was right, and uh, he always took the time to show me what was behind his job. Uh, made it a point, and it, I was interested in it. You know, once I, I saw how it worked and the stuff that went into it, and he was the first one to really plant the seed there. Um, I had a, the great opportunity to work um, for a, a gentleman named Bob Wade, who's kind of a, a famous name, if, if you know Bob. Um, uh, Mr. Wade was the, uh, the longtime coach and AD at Dunbar High School in Baltimore, which produced all those great players, uh, Muggsy Bogues, Reggie Williams, David Wingate, and Reggie uh, Lewis, people like that. Uh, eventually, he went on to University of Maryland, was the head coach there, his first African-American head coach in the ACC. And um, <clears throat> he came back to Baltimore and was the, uh, you know, he ran the athletic program. So he, uh, he kind of took an interest in me, which was a positive for me. And eventually I became the athletic director at George Washington Carver Votech High School in Baltimore. And I was there for uh, five years. 
as the AD. Um, and then I transitioned, I had an opportunity to come back to New York. It was a tough decision, but ultimately it was a, <clears throat> a lot of family input on there. So came back to New York. I was actually in the area where I grew up for nine years. I was an athletic director there and some of those uh, side titles uh, kind of added. I was a dean of students along with being the athletic director and chief information officer where I handled uh, data that went to state ed. So I was doing a little bit of everything. And then I had the opportunity to come here to New Paltz where I'm just a director of health, phys ed and athletics. And I'm starting my fourth year here and really enjoying it. You know, you mentioned, uh, you know, some of your career mentors, people that you worked for, and it's so important mm -hmm. in our business. Um, who were some of your mentors growing up, uh, teachers, coaches, uh, or parents, um, you know, in, in addition to the ones that you mentioned, uh, whose voice do you still hear, you know, when you're talking to your own coaches or your own uh, student athletes? Yeah, uh, certainly a couple people there. Uh, my high school uh, phys ed teacher and basketball coach, um, he was an athletic director for a while too. Uh, Ed Billy was his name. And uh, he actually uh, convinced me I was going to go to college and be a business major. And he kind of planted the seed and I said, you know what? I'm going to give it a shot. And I'm so glad that he did that. Um, and again, he was my coach. So certainly he was very, um, very, very good coach at, in the practice realm and really progressions together and stuff. And I, I, I still think of things like that when I was, was coaching, I, I don't coach anymore, but definitely, definitely heard his voice. And I think the biggest one is when I went to college, when I mentioned Herkimer, um, Jack Aloffs, um, he was the, the basketball coach and he, he taught the phys ed classes. Um, just such a huge mentor in my life um, with everything. And you know, he, he was very accomplished person. He's in the, uh, you know, national, the JUCO Hall of Fame, uh, won a national championship. Um, I was fortunate enough to, to have a seat on the end of the bench and watch that um, as a student athlete, uh, student there. And uh, uh, he was just a great mentor. He just always, had a way of instilling confidence and that it just sticks with me you know, every day. Um, he was a huge mentor to me. And I mentioned, of course, uh, my first AD, OB Barnes, showed me how to, how to really do the job. And Bob Wade was a huge mentor to me. Uh, he still is, and we still keep in touch. Well, I appreciate you sharing all that. Um, you know, you've had a chance to, you know, be involved with some very successful programs as a coach, obviously winning a state title, uh, working with some, um, you know, obviously some legendary ADs, and then now what you're doing at New Paltz. Uh, what are some things that, in looking at your own program now, what are some things that, you know, your coaches and your department that you, you feel, boy, we really do a great job with this. We really hit it out of the park. Uh, or, or maybe what's a, a new program that you brought in that you're particularly proud of? Um, well, I would say two things. I, I think we do a above average job of connecting with students, um, seeing the big picture, 
you hear a lot of talk about the the whole child and whole student athlete and we definitely take that approach and look at the bigger picture and you know we want our student athletes to feel you know like they're valued and that they we get what's what's all about them not just going out and putting a uniform on and, and playing and, and making those positive uh, bonds and relationships with them I, I think we do a, a great job with that and it really helps and to tie into that um, a program that we have a, um, a new wellness center we call, which is, you know, there's a lot of fitness equipment and we do yoga and stuff, but that it's really made a huge difference um, with the connection of students and they, they just really are, are more centered and, and grounded and of course in, in, in good sound mind and body both, which makes a difference in, uh, you see the, uh, the confidence on the field of play with them. And I think we do, uh, of course we have great coaches and I try to empower them to, I don't tell them how to coach, I, I, you know, obviously set up expectations of what I'd like to see, but you know, we support each other and it's, it's a, it's a good thing we have going. Uh, it's always good to highlight those programs. Um, we have a lot of young listeners to this uh, podcast, younger ADs, and I think it's important to, you know, share with them the journey that, uh, you know, you and I and others take, you know, with our state association mm -hmm. and, you know, with the NIAAA. Um, so, you know, walk us through, you know, how'd you get involved, you know, at the state level, yeah. uh, your CMAA and, and even uh, activities beyond the CMAA? Sure. Um, again, I, I started out in Maryland. Um, the first person who I would also call a mentor that really pushed me into getting into the LTIs and uh, the NIAAA and the State Association, Masada there, was a gentleman you probably heard of, Ron Belenko. He's a uh, NIAAA Hall of Famer. And he, Ron really... Um, Really, uh, he was in Baltimore County Schools. I was in Baltimore City Schools, but still you, you interacted with people from other districts. And he always uh, encouraged me to get involved and to, before I was a AD, to start taking like 501 and 502. And I did those things, um, really, um, really pushed me to be involved with the State Association, which was a, a great thing. They do a great job in that organization. And I, I really saw how that worked there. Um, and thanks to Ron, you know, for, for pushing me that way and, and, and enlightening me on what a great organization the, the state and the national is. And uh, I continued on on my path for my CAA. Um, when I uh, left Maryland and came to New York, I got my finished my CAA and I was working, I had everything done on my, for my CMAA and I was dragging my feet a little bit of, with finishing it. And I'm like, I'll get to it, I'll get to it. And I can really thank a, a gentleman, Roger Brown, who's a, a retired um, athletic administrator from New York. And he was highly involved in the New York State AAA and the national and he, he's got to finish that. You got to, you got all everything done. You got to do it. And, you know, he really gave me the shot in the arm and like, yeah, you're right. Let's get this done. And I got it done. And uh, 
you mentioned Pete, Pete actually, Pete Shambo, he actually, uh, you know, reviewed my project. Um, and that was some of the first interactions I had with Pete. And, you know, uh, now I'm involved with the, the New York State AAA. Um, I'm the uh, chairperson for educational initiatives. Um, I do a lot of work with that. I, I teach courses as well. Um, you know, Alan Melanda, Denny Freeze, just really uh, have been a good mentors and, and good um, support coming out of the uh, state association. Um, I have so many uh, connections through the, just being involved in the state, the, just meaningful relationships. Dr. Jim Wright's a good friend. Uh, Pete's a good friend. It's just so beneficial to be be a part of the uh, your state association and the NIAAA both. It's just a great opportunity and you know I highly recommend it for you know, people entering into the, the profession. You got to get involved. You really do. It's just a great thing. Uh, well, really appreciate you sharing that. Great public service yeah. announcement. Let's go and jump right into COVID. Um, yeah. As we've done these interviews, we've seen such a wide variety of responses across the country. And, uh, you know, New York uh, uh, has had an interesting one. So, uh, again, share with our listeners um, from your perspective, you know, what's kind of happening statewide and then what's happening, you know, within your own district. Right. So, obviously, uh, New York was in the spotlight with COVID early on. I mean, New York City got hit really hard. I'm an hour, hour and change outside of New York City, so I'm not, not in the, the city, but uh, it, you know, it took a while for us to, to get going in, in the state. So currently, um, the New York State Public High School Athletic Association, um, which my school is a member of, really consists of 11 sections that uh, break the uh, state up geographically and right now um, of those 11 you know everyone isn't doing the same thing as far as opening they're doing what what they deemed appropriate to open up in their area um, considering the environments and you know COVID just having a big impact on that departments of health etc so um, some some sections in New York are doing some form of fall competition right now. Uh, football was moved to March. Um, they're they're going to have the season in March. The so football isn't happening. Volleyball isn't happening. Uh, both of them are deemed by the New York State Department of Health as high-risk sports, so they're not happening until later on. Schools that are doing fall, my school's in one of them, but they're doing cross country, soccer, field hockey, things like that. But uh, my section, section uh, nine, is going to start November 30th with the winter season. Um, so we've been planning to get the ball rolling there. Um, of course, getting all the, uh, the protocols in place for safety and checking athletes and sanitizing and cleaning and how we're going to get that down and uh, you know we're, we're approaching that that date a lot of schools in the area are currently in a hybrid mode 
students are in person some days, working remote the other days. Um, my district is still in a full remote mode, but um, soon we'll be entering into the hybrid mode. So yeah, we're starting the year off with uh, winter sports on November 30th. You know, uh, people are, are following it closely. They're, they're looking forward to it. And, uh, you know, I'm just moving forward that it's going to happen. And, you know, I, I think when it does that everyone's going to do a good job and you really have a lot of uh, protocols that we need to follow and be up to date on. And I think everybody's working together on that and taking notes across the state um, from sections that are doing it now. And, uh, you know, I think we'll be ready. I know the students are excited to see each other and get something going again. I was going to ask you, what's been the response of uh, your families, you know, students, parents, uh, you know, even the coaches as to, you know, obviously your hands are uh, tied by the state, but, uh, right. you know, what's the, uh, has it been supportive or are they angry? You know, what's going on? I would say for the most part, supportive. I mean, there, there is a, uh, there was some, uh, there still is some chatter, like why, why didn't we do fall? But again, that was a, that was an across the board vote. That wasn't an individual districts make their own decision there. So, you know, we're starting and, um, you know, some I think have concerns. They're not quite sure if they, they want to jump into it and participate, but the majority are looking forward to it and, and want to be involved in, um, you know, again, putting information out there, uh, how you're going to do it. People like to see things. They don't always like to hear things too. They like to see a visual on it. And so, so working on the opening plan and, and having that, being able to present it, you know, makes, makes a difference. You can walk people through it. And, uh, you know, I think everybody's living life now slightly differently because of COVID. So it's expected that there'll be uh, adjustments and changes to the normal procedures, but, you know, looking forward to making it happen the best that we can. Yeah, it's, uh, again, it's going to be very interesting to see how, uh, you know, we're all looking back at this uh, nationally, uh, you know, come June and July as we're planning for, you know, the 2021 school year, because, uh, right. you know, it's not a, a right or wrong or good or bad. It's just, you know, hey, this is how we chose to uh, respond. Right. Um, Greg, another question we've been asking our ADs uh, since we've started this uh, kind of goes back uh, uh, to this past spring, uh, you know, when, when COVID hit. At the same time, uh, nationally, we just saw a tremendous increase in, you know, this idea of social awareness and, and social justice, you know, the events in Minneapolis and Atlanta and then uh, a while back in Wisconsin. Um, and my question is this, you know, what are some things that we can do as athletic directors in this area to, to do a better job? You know, what are some things that we can do to, uh, you know, better serve our communities, our kids, our, our stakeholders? I, you know, I, not to simplify it because it's, it's not that easy, but really just to be knowledgeable and to be aware. Um, you, you can't take people for granted, meaning that you need to understand uh, everyone that's involved, that's in your community. Um, everyone is different. You know, every, people come from different cultures, different um, 
upbringings, different belief systems, and just being able to be aware of that and being able to accept it and accommodate it when necessary, I think is important. And you just can't, um, you can't go through things just like everybody's the same. It's not cookie cutter. I mean, everybody's slightly different and um, you need to be cognizant of that and aware of it. Um, I know in the, the community that I work in, in New Paltz, it's, it's, it's a very, um, socially aware community um, and that's a benefit that's been a benefit for us in the bigger scheme of things because um, before all of this happened uh, it's been in the spotlight and positive um, strides have been made to you know improve inclusiveness and, and, and belonging and, and the comfort of everyday life for everyone so Again, it's just understanding, being knowledgeable, and, and being aware. You know that, that everyone's different. I mean, athletics is—it brings people all over the world into um, the arena, so to speak. And people come from all different walks of life. And I think athletics is one of the biggest things that does that—that that brings people and cultures together. And we need to know that we need to be aware of that and we need to be welcoming and, and open. Obviously there's competition involved with athletics and it's not a entitlement and you don't automatically make it onto a team, but there shouldn't be something that um, prevents you from being on a team or discriminated against for, for being part of it. So I think that's the biggest thing we can do is be aware and be uh, um, welcoming. Uh, I appreciate you sharing those views. Well, Greg, it's been great visiting with you, but we're not quite done. Uh, we always like to wrap up with what we call the new athletic director's toolbox. And you're certainly an experienced AD. Right now, I'm going to task you with sending out a brand new athletic director on their very first job. But I'm okay. only going to let you put three things in their toolbox. What three items are going to go in Greg Warren's athletic director toolbox? Um, so I, you need to know your job. It, it, it's not something that, that you can just jump into and like, hey, I want to be an athletic administrator. Um, you really need to know your job. So I can give you an example for that. Like you mentioned, um, I'm a director of health, phys ed, and athletics. So I have all those three areas. So um, you have to be knowledgeable in, in in those three areas and what you're doing. And uh, about five years ago, I had um, a teacher. I think he was like a second year teacher. He reached out to me and said, "Hey, uh, you know, someone recommended you. I'm thinking about um, continuing my education, getting into athletic administration." what's the quickest way um, that I can do that? And I kind of responded back, thank you for, uh, you know, seeking me out and such, but, and I said, well, here's some schools you could go to that, that you could get a good uh, education. But the biggest thing is learn your, your current job first, um, whether you're coaching, in this case, it was a phys ed teacher, learn that. If that's what you're gonna do and you're gonna supervise, those people, coaches, phys ed teachers, health teachers, 
understand it, be good at it yourself and have a good understanding of it before you get in. It's not a, a fly by night thing at all. And you're going to give yourself a prescription for probably failure if, if you do that. So know, know your job, be well aware of, of what you're going to be doing. And you're always going to learn, of course, but be, be knowledgeable about it. Um, I, this, the second thing, we've talked a little bit about it today, Jake. Um, be involved in your professional organizations. Um, you get involved, join the, uh, your state association, join the NIAAA, get involved, um, continue um, your education. I mean, never stop learning would be the third thing that I would say, but those two things, getting involved and never stop learning kind of go hand in hand. Um, I know we had the opportunity to be in the, the cohort together and that, that was a great opportunity. Um, I've been doing it uh, 18 years as a director and uh, I, I'm still looking to learn. And that cohort was a great opportunity through the national to participate in. So I think you can never stop learning. Don't get the job and think that you know everything now and you're, you're um, the end all and know all of everything. You gotta keep learning and stay fresh. And being involved helps you do that. The opportunities are there, the connections you make, the resources of just being able to pick up the phone of a fellow member that you might be in a different part of your state but are doing something different. You're like, hey, uh, how are you guys doing that? And, and being able to build those connections through your state association, really, um, I think that those three things are, would be good things to look at if you're gonna get into the field as a, a new athletic administrator. Oh yeah, absolutely. Great advice. And I'm so glad you mentioned, you know, the cohort, you know, you and I had a chance to be in that first one. And, you know, every month as you were looking at everyone's, um, you know, responses and posts to the topic they were discussing, I mean, it's just, wow, what a great idea. I'm, I'm going to take that. And I'm going to use that. And uh, for any AD, those cohorts exist naturally in your own area, your own county, your own district, because, you know, ADs, you know, love to give away stuff. You know, coaches are, you know, just the opposite. They're trying to hold those secrets uh, right. <laughs> close to the vest. But uh, yeah, um, get involved, as you said, get involved, you know, at the state level, but get involved locally too. So uh, thanks for mentioning that. Okay. Absolutely. Well, Greg, uh, again, it's been great visiting with you. Thanks so much for being on the program and uh, uh, good luck and success as uh, New York starts to reopen here in, in just a couple of weeks. Thanks, Jake. I appreciate it. Uh, thanks for having me on the show. Uh, you're doing a great job with it. I enjoy watching and it's an honor to be uh, able to participate on it with you. It's oh, good. Thanks. Appreciate like you it. finding time for us. <laughs> no problem. To our listeners, thanks as always for uh, tuning in. Remember, these um, interviews are also being posted on the Educational AD YouTube channel. That's uh, FIAAA Educational AD. Thanks again for listening. Come back again for our next one.